This is episode 151, What the Feck of SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast, featuring Julie Fector. And you might know her better as Julie365Weekend on Instagram or the Facebook admin of the group Patakans. So with that being said, in this episode, we get a little explicit. And no, I did not hit the explicit button on this episode. So if you don't like explicit chat, maybe... I don't know, scroll ahead or scroll back because this is the most recent episode or skip this episode, but you don't want to because it's really good. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and today I am joined by Julie Fector. Hey, Julie. Hey. You might know Julie better as julie 365 Weekend or the awesome admin of the Facebook group Putzakunts. How you doing today, Julie? I am doing okay. How are you? I'm wonderful. I love the weekends. I love uh, just spending time with my little kid. He's so fun. He's getting big. Little uh, Benny. Little Benny. Yeah, he's just so <laughs> wonderful. And it's like you see them getting bigger and you're like, I don't have a baby. But then they're doing all these cool stuff and you're like, you're amazing. So it's like a lot. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm doing well. Um, I just got my son down to a nap. And before that, we rode his scooter all over Red Hook. We went to the bakery and the wine shop where I got this nifty mm. Savignon Blanc from Daniel Brennan. It's a wine of New Zealand. It's a 2019. It's from the, where did I say it was from? It was the North Northern Island, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Warm climate. And Maybe it's from that. Marlboro. Oh, thank you. Maybe. Maybe. Um, it's good. It's a dry wine. It comes in a can. I probably should pour it in a cup, but I don't have time for that nonsense. So I'm going to vote drink it. It's very good. Uh, Julie, what do you have? Um, we are uh, drinking a little bit of water with maybe a little vodka, but I do have brunch to go to and I can't pregame because um, I am a sloppy, sloppy drunk. <laughs> <laughs> ah, is vodka water like your drink though, or you're just doing that right now? Like vodka soda was my drink. That was like I was getting down to business when I went out. I usually do vodka soda, but um, I I don't know. I it's I don't have anything in my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah. No, I know people who do like vodka water. Um, like I don't know how, but <laughs> I know people who like drink that as their drink. Uh, so Julie, tell us, so Julie is, like I mentioned, she's an SLP. She works with adults. Tell us a little bit about, uh, your background. Okay. Well, I mainly was in SNFs. Um, well, and I went to grad school at the university of Utah. Um, my undergrad is from Brigham Young university, but we don't have to go into that ever really. Um, and I came out and I live in Seattle and I worked in SNFs for, six and a half years. And then I quit and ran away for a year and a half to travel. That's where that Instagram handle came from. And when I came back, I got put into, well, I, I 
didn't get put into. I worked there in some really terrible sniffs. Uh, and it really ruined my heart to try um, to see these patients who are usually um, low uh, socioeconomic status. And um, I'm being asked to basically commit fraud constantly to make the people money. So I went mm-hmm. to, I started working inpatient rehab. I also got a job at a hospital right before COVID. I don't want to talk about that. My dream job. <laughs> and then now I mostly do home health and I love it because you're really meeting patients uh, where they're at. And if they don't want to do what you say, you have to find a way. Ooh, I rhymed. Ooh, I'm going to, I'll rap later. No, (laughs) (laughs) please, please, please rap later. (laughs) I can sing. I can't rap. Um, You have to find a way to, um, I mean, obviously use a little motivational interviewing to help them want to implement some of your strategies, but also if they don't want to thicken liquids, they're not going to, they're going to do whatever the hell they want. And so a lot of what I do is well, you're going to do that no matter what, no judgment. I'm here for you to help you figure out how to stay as healthy as possible. Yeah, so- I love that. I mean, I feel like I take that approach with anything. Like when people mm-hmm. tell me crazy stuff, I'm just like, I'm not going to change you. So like, I'm happy you're being honest with me because now I just have like the best available information. Um, but yeah, I feel like anyone can tell me anything horrible and I'll be like, got it okay, so here's the next step. Because <laughs> it's like, that's just true. What do you want? Well, and working in healthcare, um, I mean, we're their partners. We're not telling them what to do. And if you're sitting here and judging them, I mean, are they going to ever really make that connection with you? I actually just had a, a patient tell me when they got a certain diagnosis, they didn't like that doctor. So they left and never never went into what that diagnosis entailed. And it's a degenerative condition that is probably one of the worst. And they were like, and I just didn't like my provider and yeah. who knows. And I didn't want to get into why, even though I was very curious, but like it maybe yeah. if you're judgy or if you don't have a good bedside manner, or if you just, you know, just aren't a nice person, I don't know. It's right. people aren't going to um, be that team with you. It's going to be like, I'm telling you what to do. And they're going to say, well, I don't want to. And that's their right. But I feel like we have to be not better people, but we have to be really engaging and lovely to make our patients want to make these changes. Oh, we definitely have to be engaging and loving. Lovely. Lovely is what I meant to say. Uh, I feel like that should be the quote. Just be engaging and lovely. It and could be all- loving too. <laughs> no, but I think lovely is better because I think that, I think the, the, uh, the closer I resemble a Disney princess, the better children respond to me so mm-hmm. at Disney princesses despite all like the, the misogyny and things that are wrong with Disney uh, <laughs> they're quite lovely <laughs> other than that <laughs> just the uh, you know animals flock to them they go ha, 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 ha. birds land on their hands um so yeah just like be lovely one well, for me being lovely is being their friend and so I do frequently have to tell my patients I'm like I, and I'm like, I know that we have such a good relationship and I'm here to help you. I was like, but you do have to remember, I am not your friend. I was like, I do love working with you. And I am so happy that we have this good relationship. But I was like, I am here on a professional basis, even though I like to go off on little things, but I yeah. do have to really be like, mm. I sometimes have to really make that thing. Cause they're like, well, you're my friend. And I'm like, 
on one side, yes. On the other, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like, so I feel like some people might think, oh, my ideal position is staying in one location all day, whether that be a school, a hospital, a clinic, um, and seeing patients come to you in and out all day. Um and then some people do that and like, and then they realize like, oh, I'm trapped in this place all day. It's like really hard and exhausting. And then you might actually like like the, the home health where you travel and visit mm-hmm. and go, you go back outside, you go, you like get breaks in between. Um, I have found that for myself that I actually like on the days where I do spend my whole day in one location, it's kind of difficult for me I like when it's like okay I get to escape now Mm -hmm. but um my issue for a long time was getting out of that house (laughs) because also you have to think like I'm going to see kids and there are some moms who are just there all day and they didn't have any adult and they just have been picking up toys and laundry and food and watching I don't even know (laughs) what's on TV so it's like, it's hard for them. They're like, you are my, like, if you're not my friend, then who is? I, well, and, um, we've touched on like COVID loneliness with seniors. Like sometimes I am, well, I mean, I will tell you, I am literally the highlight of 90% of my patients day. And that's also because I'm super lovely awesome. again, but being lovely. Well, and I recently was told that I make education fun. And I was really proud of that because I do want someone to listen and take care or, you know, take care, um, take in what I'm saying, but I am fun to be around. And so for me, yes, also the seniors, they're so lonely and they're going through the hardest times of their lives. Sometimes I just hold their hand because I know no one else is going to that day. Right. That was my hardest thing about working in the sniffs. I used to always sneak looking in there. Is it still a big book? Is it still like their their uh, file is like a actually like written book in the nursing homes? Do you know? Uh, I, I would always check like the um, social workers pages to see like who visited, how often, stuff. Because I would I would just feel bad if nobody was going to say hi to them a lot. That's another reason. Mm-hmm. I feel like I keep going on tangents, but another reason why <laughs> when people talk about imposter syndrome, and I'm not going to get into this. I'm not really. But one thing I do want to say is just like, you're going to visit people and sometimes you just have to hold their hands or you're the only one who talked to them that day. Like, how are, how are you an imposter? You're being a human, you know? But sometimes and- why will just coming from the sniff perspective, but we do want to not get into this, even though I know you do. Um, <laughs> you're, you're being what we want to do is we can't because of Medicare or because of money right. or because, yeah. Or because of the desire to do fraud or because Sources. of sources. Yeah. So it's like, then sometimes you, if that's what you're doing, you're holding someone's hand, you're like, well, I'm not here to do this. So I, I mean, I can, you know, so like sometimes if you don't go in there holding their hands, you're not going to get them to hold a spoon or a fork or anything like that. Sometimes you have to start that way. But anywho, today we are talking about, we're going to talk about how um, thick and liquids. We're going to also consider other body systems and taking a team approach when making your recommendations. Isn't that right, Julie? 
That is. And before we even begin, I do want to give a shout out to someone who has a course on this. Um, I'm not paid to do this. I just went to her ASHA talk, um, but also full disclosure, she's my friend and um, one of my dysphagia mentors. And um, Brooke Richardson has a course about this right now, and she's going to revamp it. It's like the hip bones connected to the hyoid bone. Ah. And so if you want something super in-depth um, from someone who is, I, I did tell her, I texted her last night and said, I feel like your humor is not always like appreciated because she's really, really fucking funny. Um, I better follow her on Instagram. Yeah, see. she, she, um, yeah, anyway, she has a course. Um, and again, I'm not being paid to do this, really not. Um, but she had this really good course at ASHA and that was only just the beginning. And apparently she's gonna have a really good one, but it's all about considering the other body systems. For example, I've also worked in an acute hospital. I said that already. And, mm-hmm. um, you would see people come in from sniffs with UTIs, um, that turned into sepsis. And they were on thick and liquids. And I, of course, would be like, well, we're getting them fucking off these thick and liquids because what are we doing? Right. Did, I mean, and we can't ever say, did we cause the UTI? But for me, that's something I think about. Um, and especially because UTIs then turn into sepsis. And so oh. do thick and liquids are they less hydrating or do you think it's a less frequency of consumption that results in dehydration, which in turn turns to the UTI? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I yeah. would have to look at research on that, but also I don't even know if there is a lot of research about it. Um, I know there is a, um, an SLP and I don't want to name her because I don't know, but she is going, she is going to start her PhD sometime soon and she wants to do it all on thick and liquids. Shout out mm-hmm. to her. I'm not going to name her just, because you don't know, right? But I think that could provide a lot of information uh, for the future and just how we can consider um, because what happened, and this is Julie is a doom and gloom. Um, let's help prevent that, right? So what I say to my, or just, I don't say this to my patients, but I think about it. I'm like, well, or because I talk about hydration all the time. Hydration is super important. Older folks don't hold as much um, water in their bodies. I found that out within the last year or two. So they technically might need more because their bodies don't have as much, right? Um, And then, shoot. Oh, yeah. So let's say you don't drink enough. You get a UTI, which makes you confused. And then there's other directions. They're going to fall and hit their head and have a stroke and die. (laughs) Or they can get sepsis and you have to go to the hospital. I do mingling. Yes. Um, I just, I just like to think about the worst case scenarios and how we can help prevent that is by staying hydrated. And I don't know if I have met anybody, no, maybe one patient who liked thick and liquids over thins. Um, Mm -hmm. and usually they just look at it and especially like in facilities. I had one one Mm -hmm. in a facility, but it was out of fear. Ah, see, I, and who yeah. put that fear into them? Or was it just I a don't fear? Know. They seemed scared. They were like, oh, no, 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 it's not thick enough. I'm going to, I'm going to choke on that. I'm going to cough. So I don't know, maybe somebody else, either a caregiver or, or the other SLP or a doctor, um, but they seemed personally scared. I mean, there's a difference between mm-hmm. warning someone and they're like, I don't care. Like, tell me I can't have mm-hmm. all of this 
cheese in my soup. <laughs> like it's going to be too much salt. <laughs> like, I'll be like, okay, I get it. Salt is bad. Um, but I don't care. I don't, I couldn't, I'm going to eat any cookie that I want or I'm going to, you know, alcohol is poison. I have a wine podcast. Like, so, <laughs> I don't know, honestly, but it seemed like, yeah, this person had a bad experience. And then they were then frightened, like a picky eater. Well, and I, I have had those patients as well. Excuse me, I'm hiccuping. Mm. Who um, they don't enjoy coughing. And it it's not, and I, I do have to, sometimes I do try and explain. So I'm like, well, with liquids, it's not necessarily that you're choking, right? It's not really stopping you from breathing. It's uncomfortable and things like that. So if you would like thick and liquid, so that doesn't happen, I'm here for it. And a lot of times in those situations, um, it's like, well, let's find naturally thickened liquids for you. Like, let's do some smoothies. Do you like tomato juice? Probably low sodium or mm-hmm. like some, some nectars, right. uh, things like that. Yeah, but I haven't even thought of that. That is um, something that I've tried with people who just, they don't swallow great with thins because um, thickened liquids can be more um, silently aspirated and... I mean, let's be honest, we have like systemic issues that lead to not be able to get a swallow study really quickly. And I'm, if I'm going to recommend thickened liquids at bedside, I mean, I can cause more harm than good. So I don't know. I, and this is, this was going to be our quote, but we changed the mind, but like, I don't always know what to do. And I feel like that's why it's clinical practice because everybody is going to react differently. Everyone's bodies are different. But there are some general things that you should not do. I do generally know what not to do. And what um, are, are there any general things that you could say what what not to do? Like for me, I know like I would not, I don't do hand over hand. I just don't like maybe, but but that doesn't mean never. Like I might take a kid's hand together once or twice to be like more, this is more. This is what it feels like when your two fingers touch each other. But that's it. Like it's not every time. It might've been like the first or second time. And then moving forward, I'll just model it. Um, I might give like a tactile like tap mm-hmm. to show. Um, but yeah, like I don't force anybody to do anything. I don't, I, I just know that's wrong. Um, and uh, I also feel like another thing that's wrong is, uh, is like using negative emotion when you're frustrated or upset. I just work really hard to remain neutral. Like, no, we're not going to do that here's what we're doing next. So like, those are like things like, I just know, like, if I don't know what to do, like if somebody is just like not participating, I just know only thing I can do is control my own actions. So I can change my voice. I could change my face. I could change my emotions and that's all I can do. Well, and for me, it's not even about, cause that's a little like, I'm, I'm thinking more clinically. So the one thing that I would say is, Um, having like a blanket diet recommendation and everyone I see needs puree and honey. And to me, I've seen multiple people do that. Um, And to me, you should never have a go-to diet for if like my diets, every single person is generally individualized. Um, This one person might want a little applesauce with their meal to help with you know, um, getting food out of their mouth because they're, they have a dry mouth. Another right. person might just benefit from gravy on top because they prefer gravy. They don't like applesauce. And 
the closest thing I get to making a blanket recommendation would be if there's like an alcoholic um, going through uh, withdrawal in the hospital, like a puree and thin is generally something when someone's like super out of it. That's mm-hmm. like the closest I would ever get. But I have seen quite a few speech pathologists do a blanket puree and honey. Oh no. I mean, I think that for me, I like mechanical thaw for me. Every time I saw that tray, I'm like, that's already chopped up quite nice the way I like. I like, that's like a taco. That's like uh, shredded chicken. <laughs> that's like how I take all my food. <laughs> so if anyone wanted to make a blanket diet for me, I would go mechanical soft. Thank you. I mean, it's the worst name, but. I will say for me, I, well, and we can go into Idsy, um, but uh, minced and moist, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> level five that not for me currently but like I think that could be a perfect diet texture I know that sounds silly but like um meatloaf pasta squishy things like you can cook food sorry I love to cook you could cook food in the um slow cooker and that stuff would basically be a minced and moist so but in like mechanical soft I've never written minced and moist it sounds like dog food that's new it's the idsy it's level five minced and moist it's like dysphagia mechanically altered um or there's a dysphagia mechanical soft there's lots of names for it yeah yeah but oh yeah so I think we're saying the same thing like that's how that's how I want my husband to give me my (laughs) well no because that you're a level up you're you're talking about more of like a level six oh okay but right, level right. five, like mac and cheese could be a level five. Heck yeah. Right. It's like cooked a little bit extra though. Cause mm-hmm. I, I do, I like like an al dente noodle though. I don't know. Now you'd need to you know, cook it a little more. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I think if you walk into a room or home or whatever, and your first instinct is no matter what diagnosis you have, no matter what's going on, we're giving you puree and honey. That is 100% the biggest no, I think I know. Yeah, but I feel like in grad school, that's what I was taught as a safety net. I feel like that's what I walked away thinking. Like if everyone's consuming this, they are at a decreased likelihood of aspirating, which and then would automatically turn into aspiration pneumonia, which would automatically kill them. And it would be my fault, which is completely unreasonable and not true. Yep. And the thing is, is that we need to learn. And then what is it? No better, do better. Um, right. And yeah, because like, even um, honey thick, that, we'll get to that quote at the end, which I love, but honey thick can cause more problems than it solves in a lot of folks. And um, my BFF at her hospital, correct me if I'm wrong, friend, um, they don't even have honey as an option. Oh. I'll, yeah. I'll like text her after, but. I mean, you might have spent like a month in school just being like, if it drips off of the spoon like this, you've got the right texture and that was all like fifteen thousand dollars worth of nonsense well and i i only had one dysphagia class in grad school and it was from our voice professor and he's wonderful at voice um and i mean i'm obviously not going to talk shit on my grad program on a podcast two slps but he was the voice professor he wasn't necessarily a dysphagia specialist and i think it's a really big shame that we don't get a fuck ton more um the education on dysphagia when that's like 75% of my caseload up to 90 sometimes. 
Well, my dysphagia teacher was a dysphagia specialist and Mm -hmm. somebody said that all her notes came from Wikipedia. And I was like, no. And then I looked at Wikipedia and it was exactly the same. But it also was like, that is what dysphagia is. (laughs) Like, or like, so I was like, I don't even know what to think here. And I don't know. But yeah. I liked her. But sometimes I, I mean, I, being liked isn't a hundred percent. Like, I mean, I like liking people. I like, like being liked, um, not pathologically, but I mean, it's easy to like me or it's easy to hate me. I'm very polarizing, but like, I don't like me or hate me. That's it. One, like, I don't want to just like my professor. I would like a little more about that. Well, I mean, I am just going to say this and then we'll move on. We definitely did like a fuck, Mary kill with our professors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am all women, so I wasn't going to do any of that. But I felt like like she was very smart. I knew she was. I knew she was great at her job. But I don't know, like maybe the grad program just wasn't enough resources or she was just like, none of you want to go into the medical setting. So what am I doing here? Which I would have, but I was also dating a lunatic at the time and that was my number one priority to be honest so it was also my fault anytime anywho let's Men. talk about let's talk about how thick and liquids and like considering other oh. body systems so i um yeah so again thick and liquids we don't necessarily know their effect and what happens i mean my biggest one is just thinking about hydration um but we also don't know how it affects pretty much anything how it can um, cause a lot of our folks, uh, have diabetes, let's be honest, and they have gastroparesis, a lot of them, um, or our folks in their nineties, um, can have like presbyesophagus. And so what happens when we're putting the thick and liquids in there? So I think a lot about GI, um, and I, I mean, in the end, a lot of it comes down to, I think a lot about hydration. And then we can also think about like constipation. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, I mean, I don't even want to go into the, how it affects the other body systems. Cause I really do recommend taking Brooke's course. It's really good. Uh, well, the one I saw, um, because she goes into so much more and that's more than I even want to get into today. Cause my, my biggest one is my folks are sitting at home, not drinking because they lose that desire. And then you're going to put this thick shit there. Like they're not mm-hmm. going to do it. And then they can't poop either. And then they're going to get like a bowel obstruction and going to die. No, I told you I'm doom and gloom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but then also it's, it's tricky though, because if they're on high blood pressure pills, like all the old people in my family end up on, not me though. I don't, I am going to avoid the salt and I, nothing bothers me. My heart rate stays mm-hmm. cool as a cucumber. But mm-hmm who knows but yeah like if they're on um high blood pressure stuff they can't drink a lot yes and so then we don't know how the thick and liquids is going to affect that or how they're going to affect digestion of the meds either mm-hmm. um or a lot of people have chf and what's that uh, congestive okay. heart failure yeah. yeah so or kidney issues and they get um put on uh, liquid restrictions as well. And actually I've been Googling managing chronic conditions, um, cause of cog therapy. And that's a whole other thing I've been doing, but there isn't a lot of research on how to manage these chronic conditions together. Cause I mean, I always 
tell my patients when I'm talking about dry mouth, I'm like, well, you are on quite the cocktail of meds, aren't you? And the urologist is like, well, we're going to do this. Your neurologist is like, well, we're going to do this. And then your kidney doctor nephrologist is like, we're going to do this. And then the GI doctor does nothing. Ah, <laughs> you don't know of my bias against GI doctors. <laughs> I didn't know. But I didn't know. That. No. My friends are very not curious, but think about how we are giving them this, this thing that's altering so much and we don't necessarily know how it's going to affect all these different things. Right. And that's how come you want to talk about taking a team approach, but it's hard. Like even every time I try to like organize a team call with an OTP team, parent and teacher, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't happen or nobody. It's it's because we have too many people on our caseloads, which is not an excuse. It's just the reality. I don't know. Well, and I, I don't remember, I don't think I've talked about this time, but, um, my job is fairly low productivity. And so I do have the time, but also I work in a hospital system. So I get to message my doctors quite frequently and I usually get responses. And mm-hmm. so I had an older, um, older patient who had the history of UTIs um, and it might've even progressed to sepsis a time or two. And she was coughing a little on thins, but she didn't have any issues with um lung stuff. I mean, obviously you could say yet. Right. And I contacted the doctor, the PCP. And I was like, Hey, so this is what's going on. She's coughing a little bit, but I'm also very concerned about a urinary tract infection. Cause you know, it was like literally like six to 10 in a year, something crazy like that. And the doctor said to me, I think we should keep her on thins. Let's do that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your careful consideration and reaching out. And so we did try and um, focus more on just water and brushing the good teeth because what we're trying to balance and we don't, as speech pathologists, I firmly believe we do not have the kind of medical training to help with those decisions at times. If you didn't seek out training after your, after grad school and those kinds of things, you weren't taught that even in your externship, probably weren't taught that in your CF. I wasn't taught that. Mm -mm. So so a lot of times I'll involve the doctor, um, PCP, primary care physician. Um, one of my other dysphagia mentors frequently contacts uh, nephrologists, obviously, kidneys and liquid. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or you could even talk to the pulmonologist, ENT, GI. So there's lots of different right. people you can involve. Yeah, my boss now is good about it. She's always like, well, we should call them up. I'm like, all right, let's call them. We'll call them up. <laughs> add it to the google cal all right but yeah Mm -hmm. now i also have a cushy job as you described where i can call people but for the very longest time no i did not have Mm -hmm. the luxury of time and availability and technically like we can't necessarily put phi in emails and emails are such an easy way to be in contact with people but how can what are you going to fax them? Are we, is it 1985? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the year I was born. It was a very good year. <laughs> ah, that's my sister's year too. Nice. Uh, well, thank but, you so much for joining me today, Julie. I'm wondering if you have a quote to leave the listeners with. Um, I'm going to say, don't be a dick. Avoid honey thick. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Follow Julie on Instagram. She's at Julie 
360 weekend. And 365. 365, right, because that's the number of days in a year. Mm-hmm. It's the wine. I finished the whole can. I think that's two glasses. Um, uh-huh. And then also, maybe you can join the awesome Facebook group, Pets of Cunts, but you better answer those security questions before you even try it. Mm-hmm. We don't let, um, if you don't enjoy <laughs> kind of being called a cunt, you might not want enjoy that one. That's not my favorite word in the world, but it's a little bit of a wordplay and it's it's really fucking hilarious. But if you don't think it's fucking hilarious, I highly recommend you do not join. You yeah, would not have a good time. <laughs> right. Agreed. All right. On that note, have a great day, everyone. I hope that you're um, just nailing everything in your life and speech and just being lovely. Bye-bye, oh, everyone. yeah. Be lovely. Bye.